1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to MoneyWise. We have two special guests with us this morning. We have Peter Lance and we have Tenny Lance. So good morning to both of you. You go first. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Well, thank you for being here. You know, today is December 6th when you're listening to this broadcast, and tomorrow is December 7, which is almost 80 years to the day that Pearl Harbor occurred in this country. A day which will live in infamy. Well, on that day, uh, the following day, on December 8th, Franklin Roosevelt said, Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. And then immediately following that, both houses of Congress uh, supported the president's call for declaration of war. I think what a lot of people don't realize, and Tenny, you're a student of history, is that we had not been involved in World War II at all until Pearl Harbor occurred. And at that point, once the United States declared war on the empire of Japan, um, immediately Japan's allies in Europe then declared war on the U.S., which included Germany and Italy, for example. And so then we, following a couple days after that, the United States also declared war back on Germany and Italy. So that was a major event, wasn't it? In many ways, it was the answer to Churchill's plea because he had been trying to get help from the U.S. for years and years. Well, I shouldn't say years, but many months. Well, actually, it had been about two years. Yeah, it was 39 to 41 that he was hoping that would happen. So much of Europe was already at war. The United States had resisted the call to get involved in war. But then once Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, we declared war on Japan. Germany and Italy then declared war on the U.S. And we, in turn, were now fully engaged in war in Europe. So that was a a really signal event. But how could you not declare war when something like that happened? Well, they woke us sleeping giant, that's for sure. Uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening has seen um, the movie Saving Private Ryan. There's actually a television series that was on HBO that was much lesser known because it was on HBO. Uh, And anybody who's interested in seeing something really powerful and great, it's much longer. Uh, It's several episodes. It's probably 10 or 12 episodes of an hour each. Uh, It's called Band of Brothers, Mm -hmm. and it's a phenomenal series. Well, the the interesting thing about this um, bombing of Pearl Harbor and the attack on Pearl Harbor, there were, I think, about 2,500 Americans who were killed on that one day, and much of our fleet was destroyed. But the interesting thing is that most people today don't have any recollection of that because they were, that was about 80 years ago, 79 years ago. Next year will be 80 years. But anybody who is... Oh, 95 to 100 years of age right now certainly would remember Pearl Harbor, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Because they would be 15 to 20 years old at the time. Just to mention another good movie of that era, Dunkirk, uh, which talks about the um, evacuation of the British expeditionary force from 
France. They were surrounded by Germans and backed up to the sea. It's a great movie. That is a great movie. So anyone who's listening who was around and can remember World War II, just turn your hearing aids up. Sorry, <laughs> I had to. <laughs> well, maybe not. But anyway, we lost more than uh, 2,400 Americans in that attack, including civilians. Another 1,000 people were wounded. And then the day after December 7th, namely on December 8th, was when Franklin Roosevelt asked Congress to declare war on Japan. So enough of that information. Uh, Tenny, you and I have actually been to Pearl Harbor. We've had a chance to uh, see the memorial that's there. It's an unbelievably emotional memorial because the oil is still leaking from the ship and comes up to the surface. And you go into this sort of all-white area that is the memorial itself. And uh, you're over the ship. You're over the Arizona. It's it's just remarkable. And it I made me cry. I don't want to turn this into a whole history show, although we probably right. could. And you and I would probably <laughs> love it, although Dad probably would also. But what do they do with the oil that comes up? I, I didn't even know that. It, it's small amounts. It's just kind of little trickles that float on the surface. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine it would be a large amount or it would have no. all been right. you know, expelled by now. But I just didn't know if they tried to capture it. Well, the other interesting thing is we had many Americans who were Japanese. They were Japanese-Americans. Many of them ended up going into internment special camps. internment camps. They weren't concentration camps, but they were internment camps. Can you imagine if that happened today? I mean, that was really a terrible thing that happened. They put all these innocent people into internment camps uh, because we, they thought that they were the enemy. And many, many uh, citizens in our country today, uh, both born here and who immigrated to this country, are of Japanese uh, extraction. But, you know, ultimately most wars are caused by politicians or created by politicians and not by the people. People don't ever want to go to war. They're whipped up into a war frenzy and oh, so yeah. forth by politicians. So that's unfortunate. Um, but um, anyway, uh, we'll move on from there. That's an important on. date to remember tomorrow, Monday, December 7th. Take a moment and just reflect on that fact. Um, today we're going to be talking about um, how to survive basically in the midst of a pandemic, how to age, how to survive retirement and aging in the midst of a pandemic. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. And I'd also like to remind people that we do something every week now, uh, Pete, don't we, called our business spotlight where we feature a local business so we can ask people to recognize the value of local businesses and do whatever you can to help support them. Our business spotlight this week is on ServPro. We've used ServPro. We're going to be talking about them again a little bit later. One of our employees is a, f a former ServPro um, uh, agent, I guess you would say. And uh, yeah, we I think we're now on week five or six of our business spotlight. Uh, that's something that we're doing uh, simply uh, for free for local mom-and-pop type owned businesses uh, during tough times. Uh, so if you are interested in spotlighting your business, we'd be happy to get you on to the list. You just have to give our office a call. Right. 508-998-8858. We've done a lot of things in this office to make this office a safe environment for people to visit. We make sure that people are pre-screened before they come in, their temperature is taken, and everybody wears a mask employees as well as visitors and clients, right? 
And we have plexiglass shields so that people sit six feet apart with a plexiglass in between. Every time anybody leaves, we wipe down tables and chairs with uh, the disinfectant. So yeah, we've done a lot of very dramatic and useful things. New air filters, new air filtration uh, system cleaned out, new windows, all kinds of things. And speaking of Surpro, Surpro is going to come here in a couple of weeks, and they're going to be cleaning out our air ducts for us to make it even that much more cleanly um, inside the office. So let's let's go on and talk about um, a few other things. Um, let's begin by saying that this is a time when if you have not prepared for retirement, if you have not prepared for uh, what happens if somebody in your family should pass away, boy, this is a time when you really ought to be thinking about these things. People have a lot more time at home now. Sometimes people are working from home. And we need to make sure that you're prepared. That's what we've always been doing. So, Tenny, on the law firm side, for example, it's vitally important for people to have trusts and wills and powers of attorney and health care proxies. It's absolutely the time when people should be thinking of that. And actually, more people are thinking of it. You see notations of it sometimes on news broadcasts about how much more people are are uh, concerned about making their wishes known and writing it down and making sure that last concerns are taken care of. It's such a hard time. But it is possible to do your will and to do your trust and to do these important documents, and don't wait. Unfortunately, too many people decide to wait too long and they put it off and sometimes it's too late if you do wait. Well, the other important thing is to get the health insurance, excuse me, the health care documents in place, which the law firm can do as well. Back when the COVID crisis first hit and everybody was really quarantined, uh, the law firm had actually offered a special um, for about three weeks, I think it was, Month where, of March. It was a, a, the full month of March where they were offering free health care documents. Um, and a, a decent amount of people took the law firm up on that, but I was really surprised that more did not because it's such an important thing to have in place, especially right now. So so we haven't talked about that uh, prior to this show and preparing for the show. Tenny, uh, do you think that's a good thing to offer again during the month of December only? Well, we do have a holiday offering in any case, uh, certain amounts off on various packages of legal documents. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, we could we could do that again, I think. So it, let's make it very specific was, then. Why don't you make a specific decision if you're going to to offer at least the health care proxy and the power, not, what, what else would it be? HIPAA form. HIPAA form. And, and right now, the month of December and probably into at least mid-January, we're going to be seeing much worse numbers of cases and deaths than we did back in March. Um, so as fearful of, of, of this as everyone was back in that time, it's really more scary now. So get these documents. And I didn't intend to, um, you know, sort of force that upon you and the law firm, but I was just mentioning it. But it's probably a good thing to, to do and offer I think it to is people. a good thing. Yep, I think it is a good thing. So call the law firm at 508 998 8800 to schedule an appointment. You don't even have to come into the office if you don't want to, uh, and the law firm will create free health care documents for you. And I guess just to be clear, Tenny, you'd still charge for regular documents like wills and trusts, but 
if somebody just wants a healthcare proxy and a HIPAA form, which allows um, people to access your medical records, you, you can name somebody to access your medical records. Yes, we do need to make sure that people understand that these documents, uh, the, the health care power of attorney requires two witnesses, and the HIPAA form requires a notary. So um, it's, it's something that if you want to take care of uh, executing here, it might be easier for you. Back in March, what we did was we were um, notarizing through a glass door. It was an interesting time, but we've got the environment here pretty well under control now. So let's begin talking about some specifics. Um, one of the things that's going to happen as a result of the pandemic, it's already occurring now, is that more and more people are going to choose to age at home rather than be in a nursing home. Uh, well, yes, they may choose, but they may not have a choice because it's difficult to get into a nursing facility these days. Yep, and, and that's where um, 40% of all COVID-related deaths right now are occurring in long-term care facilities. So our healthcare system is, you know, really being taxed to the limits. I was just going to say taxed is a good word. Yep, taxed to the limits. And uh, so more and more people are going to choose to age at home and stay at home. They don't want to be in an environment where they think it's going to be unsafe for them. And the other thing that's expected is the government is saying because of the regulatory standards on nursing homes, people who are familiar with the nursing home industry are expecting that as many as 30% of the nursing homes could end up filing for bankruptcy. So what does that mean? Do they go out of business? And where do older people go then? They're going to have no choice but to stay at home, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's really going to be a crisis, I think, because, um, as you know, my brother's been dealing with this, and he's been dealing with a uh, dementia-stricken wife, poor soul, for well over a year, and he cannot find any facility that's able to take her. But she's just... In the last couple of days, she's just been transferred to a hospice facility for examination for five days, right? Right. Thank goodness. So hospice is generally is for somebody who's uh, really maybe not ready to go to a nursing home or they don't need to be there, but maybe they're also in their last stages of their life. Maybe they're in the process of dying fairly quickly. Yes, hospice has expanded from being just an end-of-life um service to helping out with people like my sister-in-law. Well, tell us about that just a little bit if you can, because you're probably more familiar with hospice than Peter and I are. Well, uh, as I said, hospice um, in the past was uh, really just for end-of-life care to help the family out when they had somebody at home dying. So the hospice folk would uh, come to the house and find out if there was any needs for the family, give them some respite time, and so forth. But now the the uh, hospice facility that my sister-in-law is in uh, is a place to give the family rest, but out of the home. They actually have a facility. Um, I know that there's one in the Worcester area. I don't know if there are any down in our area, but um, it it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that hospice does. 
Well, it is, and um, I guess this last step after hospice might be then to be in a nursing home, right? Well, either in a nursing home or sent home to die, unfortunately. Okay. I'm looking at this chart, and it's really sad. Even before uh, COVID, uh, 56% of nursing home residents said they were visited three or more times a week by friends and family, uh, and now that number is 5%. So, um, and, and prior to COVID, 10% of nursing home residents received no visitors a week, which is really sad when you think about that. Imagine not getting one visitor a week from your friends or family. Now that number is 72% of residents aren't getting any visitors a week, which would, of course, stand to reason, but I didn't think about it until I'm looking at this chart. Well, that impacts them emotionally, it impacts them psychologically, and that makes them um, pass away even more quickly, doesn't it? So if they can't have visitors, and that's much the case right now. So we're going to see a lot more people uh, wanting to stay at home, and we're going to see probably a whole different shift in how you pay for it. How do you pay to have somebody come in your care? Um, For example, if you need to have um, people come in your house, nurses, caregivers, whatever it happens to be, uh, is medical insurance going to cover that cost, or does it cover it now? So... That whole industry has got to change around dramatically. So let's talk just a little bit about technology, and then we're going to talk about our uh, business spotlight for the week. Um, I have a couple of quotations I want to use as we go along, and um, some of them are from people that I care about, and like Colin Powell, Powell for example, has been a, a, a great leader in this country. He said, those who aim low usually hit their targets. Yeah, that's a really great one. And basically, I think a lot of people tend to do that. They think that, well, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to qualify to do something, so why should I bother trying? You have to make some very specific goals financially and getting legal documents in place and so forth. Um, Now, I know you've got to go off to an appointment soon, Pete. I do, so I'm going to excuse myself, but we're going to take a short break in any event and Uh, Please listen for our business spotlight of the week, which is ServPro, and we'll be right back. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our show. Every week we try to feature somebody on our business spotlight, and today we're talking about ServPro, and ServPro has been in New Bedford for quite a while, and I'm a loyal customer. So good morning to Anna and Cherie. Good morning. Good morning. Now, first of all, tell us how to get in touch with ServPro and tell us a little bit about what you do, please. So you can reach ServPro um, by calling 508-999-2380. But you can also contact us through our social media pages, ServPro of Dartmouth, New Bedford, um, and also on Facebook and Instagram. And if you ever forget how to get in touch with ServPro, you can always call our office. and We'll be happy to give you phone number, website, uh, all that information, email address. So I've used ServPro personally, and I can personally testify to the wonderful job you did uh, when we had a small flood at our house. And then more recently, we cleaned out the ducts at our uh, hot air system at our house. And in just a couple of weeks from right now, you folks are going to come to our office on a Saturday and you're going to clean the ducts in our office as well. So we'll be safer and cleaner. And if you want to be safer and cleaner in these uh, difficult times, ladies and gentlemen, give ServPro a call. 
And what do you do, Anna, at SERPRO? So I am the sales and marketing representative um, that involves creating uh, or building relationships, maintaining relationships throughout the community uh, with key contacts such as yourself, Ray. Thank you so much for being a loyal customer of ours. We really appreciate that. Um, And just spreading the word about what SERPRO does and what we do. Um, However... Uh, interesting it may be sometimes in the situations people find themselves in they don't really think about what will happen um, after they have a fire after they call 911 who cleans up the messes Um, that's usually us after fire water damage um, and most importantly in these times biohazard and disinfection services oh sure and Cherie do you clean up the messes also not personally no (laughs) I am the marketing (laughs) manager Um, so Anna and I work collaboratively to build those relationships relationships out in the community Um, and as she said you know making sure that people have somewhere to turn to when they are in crisis and you went to work at SERPRO right after the pandemic started I did yeah I think I was in uh, there about a week and pretty much everything closed down so it's been a very interesting journey well it's a tough time and it's an important time to make sure that the environment that you work in is healthy and clean that's what we do here and that's what SERPRO can do for you so Give SurfPro a call. Can you give us the phone number once again? Sure. 508-999-2380. And I'll say it again, 508-999-2380. It's really important to be healthy and clean at this time. So if you have something that you need cleaned up or if you just want to be in a healthier environment, give them a call. I certainly can vouch for them. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. SurfPro is a great organization. We've used them here. I've used them at my house on two separate occasions, once when I had a little flood because a refrigerator uh, water line let go. And we've got a lot of things still to talk to you about. Let's come back to our main topic, which is how will the pandemic affect aging and retirement? Well, the other thing that's going to happen, Tenny, um, since you're still here with me, is that older people are certainly going to benefit from drastic changes in technology. And um, I know you're not a big fan of technology personally, but you're benefiting from it. So here's one example how you've benefited from technology just recently. Um, You happen to wear hearing aids and you hadn't changed out your hearing aids for a long time. But just in the past week or so, you have brand new hearing aids. Uh, The technology is much different and can you hear better? Oh, I can hear at least twice as well. It's just remarkable. So I have to be careful what I say under my breath now. Right? <laughs> we have this wonderful thing in the office, by the way, if anybody's interested. We have this thing called the Ten Commandments for the Hearing Impaired. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a great document. Rules of things not to do if you're living with or, or working with somebody who's Hearing impaired, don't turn your back on me, for example, and talk. Or if if your spouse is at the sink and the water is running, don't talk and expect your spouse to hear you because they ain't going to hear you, <laughs> right? Lots of interesting things. <laughs> or my favorite one, I went with Tenny when she picked up her new hearing aids, and the doctor wanted to explain it to me. Um, why don't you mention his name? He's a great guy. Yes, I'd like to have him on as a spotlight business at some point. Yeah, Gene Antonell. He runs Hear Better Now, Gene Antonell, and um, his facility is over on Hawthorne Street in, I think it's still Dartmouth there. Um, 
But we'd love to have him come on and talk about what he does. So Tenny and I have known him personally as well because uh, when there was uh, singing in the choir at church, uh, he was a singer in the choir and Tenny was a singer in the choir. Right. He was my buddy. Yep. So I said, Gene, you know what I've done sometimes is when Tenny's been, oh, maybe 10 feet away, I'll just mouth my words as if I'm talking to her. And she can't hear anything, of course. And he said, oh, that's just mean. I said, no, you're right. It, it is. But Tenny laughed. I don't do that anymore, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. No, you've been very good. <laughs> oh, dear. But there's going to be a lot of changes in technology that we're going to help people. Um, for example, I had some surgery earlier in the year. And one of the things I did is I went on Amazon and got myself my own blood pressure cuff so I could take my blood pressure at home. Uh, they're not that expensive. You can do those things now. Uh, it's easier if you happen to be diabetic. I'm not, but a lot of people are, that you can now uh, test your sugar levels a lot easier and less painfully than you used to be in the past. So there's lots of things that are done. Um, End-of-life planning is something that a lot of people put off. Nobody wants to think about death. Um, I know, Tenny, when you do your estate planning documents and put them into this trust portfolio that you do, you have a, a whole section where people can spell out their family history and what they think they've accomplished in life and what their wishes are and things of that nature, right? Yes, and the most important people that that kind of document is for are for those who you leave behind, who want to remember you and want to know what was important that you did in your life and may not know mm -hmm. unless you write it down. Right. So um, we certainly are able to um, to help in that way. We, we have some pretty good materials for people. But people are still generally concerned about planning for end of life. They don't like to think about it. And they get superstitious about it, and they think, well, if I put it off, then I don't have to think about it, and maybe it's not going to happen for a while. But life well, isn't like that, is it? No, but remember your mom? She would never do a will because she thought as soon as she signed it, she'd die. Yep. <laughs> but she did do a durable power of attorney, and she did do a health care proxy. Yep. And, and when she had dementia near the end of her life, I was able to make decisions for her, and I was able to make final decisions for her when she had a stroke at the end and um, follow the doctor's recommendations. And by the way, it doesn't mean that your spouse or the person you name can go in and make their own decisions about what they think should be done. Uh, they can only follow the advice and recommendations of your doctor. So anything that's going to suggest a change in care or treatment or anything of that nature has to be initiated from the doctor. But then the person who has these documents has the authority to go ahead and... Um, follow up and make those decisions. So, right. I, very, I'm very not important. sure that people understand what could happen if they don't have those documents. I watched a very interesting hour and a half seminar this week about conservatorships and um, guardianships that are uh, items that have to be done through the court system. Who, put so, that on? who, who did that? Who put that on? The Massachusetts chapter of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, long, long name. And you're a member of that, Mass Nela. Yes. Uh, and I tell you, conservatorships and guardianships are really complicated. 
And if you don't have your own health care power of attorney or, as important, your property power of attorney, your family could end up in those situations before a court. It's messy. Well, let's mention one other small thing. It sounds silly, but it's really not. Um, How many times, even recently, have you seen a situation when either the husband or the wife has died and they took with them to their grave their passcodes to get into their computers? Oh, yes. Holy cow. Yep. Um, We had, I think I've mentioned this several times before, but we had an older woman whose very middle-aged younger son died, and he was, everything he did, he did online, and she couldn't access anything, his bank account, nothing, because he did not leave his passcodes. Well, so that's important, and you need to think of that, and if you are concerned about doing it while you're alive, write it down and put it in an envelope and say, don't open unless I'm, I'm gone. Uh, do not open unless uh, in the event of my, of my death. But if you don't have passcodes that people can get in there, they're not going to be able to look at your financial records and, and access life insurance policies and all kinds of things. It's really very, very difficult. So make sure if you're doing anything on the computer that somebody knows how to get into your computer after you're gone. Um, the other thing that's really important, Tenny, and it's vitally important, is uh, we're all going to need to embrace much healthier lifestyles. We're going to need to get more exercise, be a lot more concerned about what we're eating or what we're not eating. And I think an awful lot of people are going to rethink retirement. I mean, many people have lined up all of their financial uh, assets and so forth in anticipation of retiring at 62 or 65 and golly, a lot of them are rethinking that now. And you know, one of the things I like to mention all the time, and people are probably tired of hearing me say it, but it's so important, you've got to have a budget. We're more than happy to give you a budget form. No cost, no obligation. Just call my office, 508-998-8858, and say, can you please send a budget form? The secretary will be happy to send it to you. John Maxwell once said, a budget is telling your money where to go, instead of wondering where it went. Budget is vitally important to do any kind of planning. But we're going to have to save more money for retirement, whether it's to make sure that you can stay at home because you don't want to be in a nursing home, or maybe some of the nursing homes are going to go out of business and there won't be a spot. Um, But most people, I suspect, would rather stay home anyway. I would. Well, they would, and and that's... Uh, certainly a worthy uh, emotion, but what is the family going to do? How are they going to take care of you? Well, you need to have money. You can't rely upon just Social Security. You need to save more for retirement. And you certainly can't rely just on Medicare. So you have to think through all of those things. Now, just a quick reminder. Yeah, Tanya, a very quick reminder about Medicare It's designed to cover hospital bills and doctor bills, basically. It's not designed to cover prescription bills. You have to carry a special supplement to carry uh, prescription. Part D covers prescriptions. Right. A and B cover hospitals and doctor bills. And by the way, folks, if you haven't signed up for a Medicare supplement, the deadline for this year is tomorrow, December 7th. So think about whether you've 
got any plan or whether your plan is the best one for you and, and you whether should, you should review it. You should make a plan. No matter what you right. do, whether it's your finances or your documents, sit down even during this show and say, are my legal documents in place? Are my health care documents in place? Is my budget, are my finances in place? Um, there's a famous uh, public speaker, insurance specialist, Zig Ziglar, interesting name, who once said, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. Yes. So make a plan. You need to make a plan. So heading for retirement one step at a time. I wonder how many people listening today are thinking, you know, I'm very close to retirement age. I'm not sure I ever want to go back to work full time again. Maybe I'm going to work part time. So a lot of people are doing gig economy. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of months ago. Yeah, and a gig is real simple. You think of a musician says, I've got a gig tonight, which means I've got a temporary part-time job to go and perform. But it also applies to many, many people throughout the economy. Um, I just met with somebody uh, in the last two days who just recently retired from South Coast Hospital, for example, as a nurse. But she would still like to work maybe one day a week. And that was the plan, take her regular retirement. We've helped to do retirement planning. We've helped to transfer some 403B money into IRAs and get safer investments and better returns. We do a lot of that kind of work at USA Wealth Group. So she's planning to work just one day a week just to have something coming in, have her health insurance covered and so forth. And only 30 days into that, retirement and working part-time and sort of like a gig job, G-I-G. So you just got a call that because of the uh, huge amount of infection in the hospital, they're not having so many people working on a part-time basis now. They want them out of there. Hmm. They're afraid they're going to be in the community four days a week and in the hospital one day a week and transfer, you know, more germs. germs. But... A lot of people are going to choose to work part-time. It's estimated in this country right now that more than 50% of the population takes their Social Security when they reach age 62. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a necessary thing. But maybe it's a bad thing. So one of the things that we can do is to sit down with you and say, let's do a little quick computer analysis. It doesn't take a long time. Let's figure out what's the ideal age for you to take Social Security. And here's a big no-no for Social Security, Tenny. If you plan to continue working, um, don't think about collecting Social Security at age 62. You could be really shooting yourself in the foot by doing that because until you reach full retirement age, which for most people now is at least 66, or between 66 and 67. Once you reach your full retirement age, and it's individual for everybody, depending upon when you were born, once you reach that full retirement age, there's no restrictions on how much you can make. Taxation is a little bit different. But if you take Social Security and you're still working, you think, I'm going to get this extra money, you may be in for a big surprise. If you make roughly seventeen or $18,000 a year, Um, and you're collecting Social Security, 
for every $2 that you make over that, they're going to take a dollar back from your Social Security check. You'll recover it eventually, but in the meantime, you're not going to have the benefit of having the money in your pocket right now, and yet you started Social Security at an age that's too early, which means you're going to be at a lower level benefit for the rest of your life. So it's not always a wise thing to take Social Security at 62, and especially if you're going to plan to continue to work. Well, help there, me analyze that. There are so many changes, so many in a short time. The SECURE Act that was passed at the end of last year, um, sort of absolutely no one anticipating this COVID crisis, moved the date that uh, you could start taking money from your 401k from age 70 and a half to age 72, which seemed like a, like a good idea at the time. But uh, it's going it, put to it, put it in the barrel with all of these other changes from COVID. And I'm not certain that's uh, the best thing right now. Well, you know, planning for a secure retirement is a, is a real important thing, and it's complicated. It's not simple. It's, again, starting what's your budget. What's your budget now versus what's your budget going to be in retirement? In retirement, it's probably going to be about 80% of what your budget is while you're working. But it's and still what be is high. secure retirement money and what is anticipated um, retirement money? I mean, for for one thing, people, I think, are going to be looking to put aside some more savings. Remember, the, the theory was that nobody could, or the majority of people in this country could not come up with $400 if they needed to for an emergency situation. I think people are rethinking now, and the uh, savings for the unknown, it's going to increase. Well, this is a time when, uh, because of the pandemic especially, and not only what it's done to people's health, but what it's done to the economy and jobs and eliminated job industries and uh, restaurants are going to go out of business and not come back. Look at the change in the airline industry. Um, even Disney World has just announced major layoff of people um, all across the country. So it's going to take a while for it to recover, even as we have a vaccine that starts to get used by people. And I'm certainly going to get the vaccine shot when I'm a able to do so. Oh, I am also. Let me just say a, word, a quick word about that. This is a time that we can basically preach a little bit. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to wait a while and make sure that it seems safe before I get it. So when I was younger, I had pneumonia. So I've taken a pneumonia vaccine shot. I haven't had pneumonia in 15 years, and I think, because I take the pneumonia vaccine. Yep. Um, you and I had chicken pox when we were little, right? Yep. And is it chicken pox or measles that leads to... Measles is very bad. And Polio, all of those things. Yeah. If you saw kids and children who had polio, you'd certainly want your children to have a polio vaccine. So I'm surprised when you find out that, you know, some of these vaccines are 95% effective. I'm certainly going to be in line to take the vaccine shot. I don't want to, I don't want to die from COVID, that's for sure. Right. Well, anyway, um, there's lots and lots of things to think about. I oh. guess what I'd like to stress is that Planning for retirement is complicated. There are so many pieces of it. So I started to say you've got the budget, 
then you need to look at your income sources. You need to find out where can you reduce expenses. Should you refinance your mortgage? Should you do a reverse mortgage so you don't have a mortgage to pay at all? Or you might do a reverse mortgage because you want to have extra income in retirement. Most people are not going to be able to live on just Social Security. There's just not enough money there to to live and get by on that. Right. Uh, I was just reading an interesting statistic. Um, Since the 1990s, the percent of people 55 and older in the labor force has risen to 40 percent in 2019. That means we are working longer. You and I are. We're certainly working beyond a usual retirement age. Yeah, and we enjoy what we do, and we're helping lots of people. But that's going to be part of the so-called new normal. People are going to be working longer. So if you're going to plan to work longer, you need to be healthy. So what are you doing to take care of your health? I'd like to just take a quick break and mention that we are a collection center for Toys for Tots. It's a program that's been put on for more than 50 years by the United States Marine Corps and the United States Marine Corps Reserves. As you may know from listening, in my family, my grandfather, my father, me, and our son Peter all served in the Marines. But we've always appreciated the Toys for Tots program because there's so many kids out there that just are not going to have toys or, or maybe just one little thing. And Toys for Tots is a way that you can do something very simple, very direct, very basic, and have the satisfaction of knowing that you're going to help some child get a toy that that might not otherwise uh, be available to them. So we have two Toys for Tots collection centers on Fonts Corner Road. One is at the State Police Barracks down the street from us, and then is our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road. We have filled our box four times so far this year. Um, As of yesterday, I guess it was, we had so many toys that the box was full and we had them piled up all around the box, and then we called the gentleman from the Marines who comes in to pick them up, and he puts them in plastic bags and takes them out to his car. So it's a big thank you for those who have done it and those who can do this. Do something for the kids. It's important. So a gentleman named Edward Lewis Cole once said, there are dreamers and there are planners. The planners make their dreams come true. If you want to do anything in life, you have to plan. You can't just think about it and dream about it, whether it's getting your estate planning order with attorney Tenny Lance or whether it's making sure you're going to have enough retirement income to live on. Let me say something about that term, estate plan, because I think that puts a lot of people off. Um, Your estate, so-called, is everything that you own, and it doesn't have to be... uh, the usual context of of what the word estate means. It can be your house, your savings bank uh, account, and and just a few things. All of that needs to be planned for. Um, We want to make sure that you have thought about what is going to happen to your goods, your assets, after you're gone. And we want to be sure that people are prepared to help you serve as your agents while you're alive. So that word estate plan shouldn't uh, really put you off. Uh, We're not um, dealing just with billionaires here. We're dealing with ordinary folk 
who need to do some planning. Yeah, that's a really good point, Tenny. I appreciate that. Um, that's attorney Tenny Lance. You can reach her at 508-998-8800. You know, there's some good reports in the Wall Street Journal recently uh, talking about what the impact of the COVID-19 is going to be on aging and retirement. Here's one that might surprise you. Lifespans are expected to decline. And that makes sense when you think about it. Anybody who has had COVID and recovers from it, they're going to be in a weakened state possibly for the rest of their lives. So they won't have as long as uh, as long a lifetime, life expectancy. And the huge number of older folk who have died from COVID, when you average them in with the rest of the population, that brings down the average life expectancy. Um, Hopefully, we're going to turn that around again after we get this these vaccines. Yep. So life lifespans are expected to uh, decline, and people are expected to work longer. So I'm not sure when we're going to have any fun anymore or be able to retire. I know. Isn't it awful to just talk about morbid things all the time? No, we have to talk about the practical impact of some of these things. You know, the other thing that happens to people, and I suspect some people listening today are going to know about this, um, what's the difference between a doctor and a florist? Less than you may think. This is also an article from the Wall Street Journal. A 62-year-old, um, let's see. It's, it's an odd um, profession. She's a medical... Otolaryngologist. Otolaryngologist. I think she must have focused on diseases and illnesses dealing with uh, the throat, throat, I suspect. Uh, She decided she wanted to have a change in career. She retired at the age of 62 after 24 years working as a medical doctor because she enjoyed arranging flowers. And now she has a flower shop and she arranges flowers. I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting. But people change careers now. This is a time when people are rethinking, you know, I have to be home right now. Am I really enjoying the job that I was working on? Should I try something entirely different? Should I try to take some courses online? But one thing is true that we're going to need to look for sources of income that maybe we weren't thinking about before. Well, yes. And one part of this article about that that's very interesting is that um, a lot of people have kept a lot of money in bank accounts. And bank accounts are making such a small profit or uh, produce so little in income that uh, you're really losing money when you have a lot of money in a bank account. So this this article says everyone needs cash, but high-yielding bank accounts now pay less than 1.2%. Well, lots and lots of things. Um, You know, I want to mention something else that we did recently, not to um, give praise to ourselves, but There's a lot of people in need right now in our community. There's a lot of things that you can do. So as you're listening today, I would like to encourage everybody to think about, is there somebody who is worse off than you are? There's a lot of people who have needs. Some people need food. What are some of the things that you can do? You can contribute to food pantries or maybe even work in a food pantry. We've mentioned toys for tots. I think there's not a lot worse than a kid who doesn't have anything for Christmas. So we always encourage toys for tots. But something else really significant happened in our community in just the last week or so. Uh, There was a really serious fire 
on Washburn Street, and it rendered 27 people uh, homeless. They had to find a different place to live. I and they lost all of their goods. Basically, they lost everything. So there has been a special relief fund set up uh, for the Washburn Street fire victims. Um, it's been managed by the Interchurch Council of Greater New Bedford. And what the uh, law firm did recently, Tanya, you made a donation, didn't you? We did. We feel so badly for those folks. Um, it wasn't anybody's fault, really. Somebody was trying to cook a turkey in one of those oil roasters, and uh, apparently it blew up or did something awful like that. 27 people on Thanksgiving Day without a home, without clothing, without anything. So what did the law firm do? Oh, we provided a check to that fund. Okay. And do you remember the amount? Yes, we gave $250. Okay. If you have an opportunity, make a check um, to the um, Interchurch Council or to Washburn Street uh, Fire Victims Fund and get it to the Interchurch Council. We're happy to provide the address uh, where you could send it. But, boy, this is a time of year when you ought to be thinking about what do you have and you've got your home and your house and maybe you've got Christmas presents that you've been buying you know, for family members. What about all these 27 people that got totally burned out. So think about writing a check to them and do something to help them. It's just really a nice thing to do. Um, let's, let's go on and talk briefly about the source for income. So we're all going to need to be thinking about income. And income typically in retirement is going to have to come from multiple sources. It's not just going to be Social Security. Fewer and fewer people directly have a pension. Uh, we've mentioned reverse mortgages before. You can use a reverse mortgage to have a regular check deposited into your account, your bank account, um, every single week. And that can be a source of money, or you may work part-time. But most importantly, if you're not quite ready to retire, you need to think about how can you put more money aside for that. Um, you're going to see fewer and fewer people keeping cash. You know, I'd like to mention something. We were doing some research earlier today. Um, we belong to uh, several large national organizations. And here's a quick question for you. If you've got money in the bank right now, the average three-year CD is less than 1%. I talked to a gentleman on the phone two days ago uh, who has too much money sitting in a bank account and in CDs. His CDs are paying one-half of 1% interest, and the cost of living is like 1.4% right now. So I said, well, basically, you're losing money. So, And, and people are feel comforted by having a lot of money in a bank account, but they can be comforted and have it in something that will produce greater income for safer them and, and so forth. still be safe. Yeah, and as a quick example, we currently offer at USA Wealth Group a three-year account that's paying 2.4% per year guaranteed or a five-year account that pays 3.5% per year guaranteed for the five years. We call your bank account money lazy money. You just really haven't thought much about what else could you be doing that would be better for you. So if you have money that you're not planning to use in the next three to five years, put some of your lazy money to work for you and we'd be happy to help you. Give us a call at 
888-888-8858. And we'll show you how to use some of your lazy money. But nobody listening to us are lazy, are they, Jenny? Well, I hope not. Did Although being lazy sometimes is kind of nice. I wonder how many people listening today have heard stories from their parents uh, or a relative who lived through the Great Depression in 1929. Well, we certainly did because it was our parents who were trying to make their way through that time. I remember your mother talking about living in a house with, what, one or two uncles and her parents and her four sisters and brothers and all kinds of things and they they virtually had no refrigerator they she had all kinds of interesting stories yeah i remember my mother saying that her father my grandfather would walk for miles to a farm to bring back a five gallon can of milk because he could save five cents a gallon right when he did that yep so this is a time when we're all impacted this in many respects is sort of like having our own Great Depression. Um, take advantage of some of the things that we've talked about, free budgets, free reports. Lance Law is offering a holiday offer of discounts off of revocable trust packages if you wanted to do that before uh, the end of the year. Actually, you're doing this for the end of January. You're offering $400 discount on a living trust package or uh, $250 discounts off of irrevocable trust packages. And you're also offering to do free health care documents if somebody's going to do strictly that. So we've got just a few seconds left, and you've got to make some decisions. I'm going to close with a quotation from Ronald Reagan. Many a man has failed because he had his wishbone where his backbone should have been. <laughs> he was great. He was. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and do something to help your family.